Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Call Talk for Wednesday, May 19th. We are sorry about the technical difficulty we had with the show last week. This was caused by too many people listening to our show, which overloaded our servers and caused the program to crash. This problem has now been fixed. Thank you very much for understanding and joining us today. Our topic for the show is adherence, the problems, the policies, and the best practices. During the show, we invite you to ask questions via email at calltalk at Benchmark Portal. Chat us on calltalk.tv if you're logged in, or call in to ask your questions to the host. The number to call in is 347-857-3117. Everyone who asks a question on the show via email or phone will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at its Best, and one person will be chosen at random to win an in-depth reality check benchmarking report valued at $1,500. And now I'd like to introduce the host of the call talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thanks very much, John, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Our apologies again for the uh, technical glitch last time, and let's hope that uh, the second time's a charm. So for today's show, our, our listeners have chosen adherence, the problems, the policies, and the best practices. I'm really pleased to have as my guest Erica Cockfield, who hopefully we'll actually be hearing from this week. Uh, Erica has been in the customer service industry for over 17 years. She has a great range of ex- industry experience, and that includes the financial sector at Merrill Lynch, the insurance sector at Aetna, the government sector, the state of Georgia, where she and I first met, and I recognize the, the fire in the belly that she has for call center management, and now the municipal utility industry for the city of Atlanta. Uh, During her career, she's been recognized by the governor of Georgia, the mayor and city council of the city of Atlanta uh, for her work as a leader within the customer service industry. Uh, She currently is the director for the city of Atlanta watershed management call center, which has been certified two years in a row now as the center of excellence. So uh, she does her work with a lot of passion and insists on having a lot of fun while she's doing it. Erica, welcome to the program. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate being here, and thank you for this opportunity, even though, Bruce, you are taking me out of schedule adherence. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Eric, I'll just call your workforce manager to be sure they make the necessary adjustment. Uh, you know, okay, you know I have to get that pre-approved, Bruce. How <laughs> many signatures, okay? <laughs> okay, great. Well, well, let's start with a basic question. Uh, what is schedule adherence? All right. Um, Scheduled adherence is the amount of time that an agent is expected to be on the phones outside of their scheduled breaks and lunches. To simply put it, it's a percentage of time that we expect our team members to be available to take phone calls. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Great, great definition. And why is it important? All right. Uh, Schedule adherence is very important. Sometimes uh, we as call center managers and supervisors mistake and think that if we have the amount of people on the phones, if they put in their eight hours, it's good enough. However, Mm -hmm. schedule adherence is where you really need to focus on the time the, the agents are on the phone. We need to make sure we have the amount of people, the right people on the phones at the right time, uh, going to break on time, going to their lunches on time, coming back on time. The more that you uh, don't focus on that time management, it, it, is, it takes more than just putting eight hours in on the phone. It has to be the right eight hours. 
Right. Okay. So really, in a situation where you have flows of communications and you have a lot of time and effort put into trying to predict and schedule for those flows of communication so that they can be handled properly, you really need people to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, and, and it's not just for the handling the calls, right? I mean, we're talking about scheduled adherence globally. That's correct. That's correct. It, and it, whenever someone, an agent, is out of adherence, meaning they um, are not following their schedule or they come back from break a little bit here, a little bit there, um, I have a, a breakdown of a, a calculation I would like to share with you is that if you look at a, a team member who's on the phones and if they're outside of their schedule only 20 minutes a day, uh, to the average person or in an office environment, that may not seem like a big deal. Okay, I took three minutes on my break. I came to work ten minutes late. Um, I'm, I'm logging off for lunch uh, five minutes early. That 20 minutes a day um, can be calculated to cost to the company as well as cost with our customers as far as the impact. If you take 20 minutes a day and you multiply that by five days a week, that equals to be 100 hours each week. I mean, excuse me, 100 minutes every week. You take that 100 minutes, and if you if this is a consistent team member, um, multiply that by 50 work weeks. That team member has been doing something other than being available for phone calls for 83 hours in the year. If you take that 83 hours and multiply it times an average salary of maybe $12 an hour. That's costing $1,000 per agent per year for that simple 20, 20 minutes a day. The impact to the customers is that if on average, if your agent takes about four customers um, every hour, the 20 minutes can equal to 20 customers a week that they have not been able to reach contact with, the 20 customers can back up to be 1,000 customers that have either became angry because they're waiting longer, 1,000 customers that have bunched up to the other team members who are in adherence and doing the right thing, and are 1,000 customers who have chosen to leave your organization simply because you have one person who hasn't been able to fulfill their obligation, which is to be there and receive those phone calls. Right, right. Okay, well, that, that is a great takeaway, Erica, and I'd encourage everyone uh, to do that calculation if they're not already doing it for their call center. And uh, if some of you were listening and said, wow, okay, that makes a lot of sense, uh, and, and you want to have that calculation, uh, just email us, and we'll see that you get a, uh, a template that you can utilize for yourself that you can then uh, customize so that you can understand what the actual uh, financial impact is. And um, it, it's a, a big thing to do that because uh, it will also show that managerially you are being a good steward of your, your uh, company's resources. Um, could you have a, a story to tell us, too, with regard to that in terms of just letting people know? About, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, yes, Bruce. Uh, matter of fact, as I was preparing for uh, this program, uh, my managers and I started to uh, talk about schedule adherence. Um, to review the team members who are having challenges in, in meeting their objectives. And um, we have one manager, uh, he was able to calculate, put the cost exactly to the uh, team member salary, 
And um, what the managers decided to do was to sit down with the agents individually and show them the impact that they have in, in dollars to um, our organization as well as in customers. Um, they showed the impact daily, uh, monthly, and they rolled it up to a year. The results have been outstanding. Uh, this conversation happened a few weeks ago, and the most recent um, update of information with the schedule adherence is that the people who were uh, spoken to and showed this were, one, amazed, of course, because we, it, sometimes we don't realize the dollars and cents of the activities that we do. And then it has corrected their behavior. Um, the managers have individually said, hey, you know, so-and-so, they're on point now, or, you know, this first time I've seen, you know, this person uh, consistently meet the objectives of schedule adherence. So um, it's amazing. Sometimes it's just people don't know. Um, you don't know what you don't know. And, and so sharing the information, uh, you don't want to do it in a threatening way. You just want to do it to say, hey, you know, we're, we're looking at this, and we're paying you to be on point, and we are just asking if you you could be on point. Right, uh, that's a great point, and uh, really, it's nothing like communicating in the right way to people in the call center. Sometimes we tend to hide things from them yes. that we really should, uh, and that makes them less responsible. I mean, what we should do is make them co-responsible. Yes. And I think about the uh, story that um, Catherine Gilmore, who was one of our guests, told of uh, taking over one of the lowest performing call centers in her organization and having it zoom up to the second highest. And she said, the main thing I did was tell everybody we were at the bottom, you know, and, and basically explain to them what it is that they needed to, to do to, to do better. So with schedule adherence, same thing, really. A, a, make it a shared responsibility and perhaps also indicate to people that it has a ripple effect on other metrics too, like uh, average speed of answer, uh, queue time, things like that. Right. Correct. Correct. And one thing that I found um, in my experience with the team members as well is, if they just uh, can help to, if you can help them to realize the impact on their team members. Um, we all know in a call center environment, it's usually a closer knit environment. You know, folks are sitting by one another uh, for, you know, throughout the day. Uh, you have good camaraderie. And to know that, hey, what you're not doing, your your friend to the left and right of you is having to pick up for, that helps to make an impact too. And you mentioned about uh, a lot of, or sometimes we tend to hide information. Um, I think the more we educate the team members, as you were saying, Bruce, the better it's received because people genuinely want to do the right thing. And it's not to use these items to police, it's to use these items to inform and to allow them to take authority over their activities uh, opposed to a, uh, a, it's not a punitive, it's just an educational item to use. Right. Okay, great. great. Well, let's talk about some of the other root causes uh, of adherence uh, problems that are fairly common. And, and I think that, you know, probably among the listeners we can parse uh, people out into a couple different categories. Those that right now just aren't even following adherence as an important metric, uh, those that are and that are happy with their situation, and others who are following it but and are unhappy with the situation. But, but okay. why don't you give it root causes of uh, problems that people will often sure, have. Sure. sure, no problem. Um, some of the root causes of uh, lack of schedule adherence or poor schedule adherence 
sometimes this boils down to the lack of understanding or the education. Um, once again, to go back of the importance, people sometimes don't know the power of one, especially in a call center environment. You may be one of 200 agents or one of 50 agents. Um, most call centers are, are greater than you know the sum of 20 or 10, uh, and so therefore you feel like a, a little fish in a big pond and don't realize the impact that you do have um, both to the organization and to the customer. So uh, I will first recommend that if you're having a challenge in this area or you have a handful or one employee that is challenged, just to speak with them about it. Explain to them the impact that they have, the the, the wonderful power of one, and sometimes that's all you need is just to educate them. Sometimes we have team members and agents that are just not motivated to be on time. Why would they not be motivated to be on time? Well, you could have a supervisor or a manager who um, turns the other cheek, you know, well, you know, Johnny is good and all these other things, so what, he's 5, 10, 15 minutes late here and there. Um, and sometimes there's no repercussion. If you don't have a schedule adherence metric in place and or you don't value that in your uh, monthly one-on-ones, then therefore you're not motivated. You're encouraging uh, the wrong behavior as opposed to trying to um, bring up a, a positive behavior. Um, secondly, sometimes some team members or some organizations have too rigid of schedules. For example, uh, if you set the goal too high, I want you to be 100% in adherence. Well, of course, people have to go to the restroom. Sometimes people, you know, you're going to come back. Agents will come back from breaks from time to time a little bit late or go to break a little bit late because of a phone call. Um, things happen. So you don't want to set the bar too high to where you set your team members up for failure. Also, right. okay. so yeah. You don't want to feel like they're uh, robots and that you're, they're being treated like robots. There has to be a Correct. little bit of uh, wiggle room there that's the human factor that uh, people feel that you're taking taking account of, right? That's correct. And and I have a, a quick thing as well. We engaged our team members um, a, a while back of having them help to set the metrics um, with what do they think is fair. Once they understood schedule adherence, the task force uh, in, voted to have it a higher standard than what we originally were recommending um, as far as the managers were recommending. So. You're, if you get your team members involved and get their buy-in and not just all the time push down what something should be, but bring them in and say, this is schedule adherence, this is what it means, this is how it benefits us and or hurts the organization, what do you think the standards should be, and come to a happy medium. Um, you may find that to, to work out uh, pretty well for you. Yeah, no, and here you had a happy surprise in that uh, they actually picked a standard that was higher than you were originally planning. Correct, correct. Oh, and and then sometimes, it. yeah, and, and and it's great when when they have buy-in, they feel a part of something, opposed to it being kind of a dictatorship, which sometimes we like to do. <laughs> right, right. Okay, good. And uh, what about uh, technology and all this? Okay. Well, I, I believe I saw from some of the pre-questions as uh, we discussed is that a good amount of folks are actually using spreadsheets. That's not an issue whatsoever. I know uh, my team here used spreadsheets for a great long, a long period of time, as well as when I was at another organization. Um, and then other people do have workforce management software, which is wonderful. If you don't have it, I definitely recommend that you look into that. Um, either item that you use to calculate the adherence, you want to be careful to not come across as something to enforce 
but something to enable and educate your team members. Um, we're not here to play big brother, uh, even though sometimes people will feel that way. We're really here to give the agents the tools and uh, the education to say, this is why you've made uh, schedule adherence or you didn't make schedule adherence. Uh, what can we do to help improve that? Um, and so you don't want you want to be careful careful not to be an enforcer, but to be an enabler to help people understand the importance of what they do. And once again, back to that power of one. Yeah, and, and really the technology needs to be an enabler, and that's something that actually sets up uh, improper blocks. I was in a situation with a, a, a call center that does inbound sales. And as part of the inbound sales, they also have to do outbound calls to do follow-ups and to uh, re respond to, you know, uh, follow-up queries and things like that. And each time that they wanted to go into outbound mode, they had to call the uh, workforce management people, ask to be put into outbound, and actually give a period of time that they were going to be in outbound. And which might have been a good amount or, or not. And uh, anyway, they were very frustrated with it because obviously they wanted to sell on behalf of the company, close deals for themselves, and get their commissions, et cetera. Anyway, we uh, talked it through, and uh, they now have a button on their machine so that they can put themselves into outbound mode. I uh, okay. did not take a whole programming, wasn't a big deal, and uh, made a huge difference in terms of the uh, morale of the people in the call center. Now that uh, can be overridden by workforce management if they have a large volume of incoming calls, but at least people understand that they're not being required to do something silly. Uh, they're understanding that uh, you know it's all going to be for the benefit of the organization as a whole. So really important that point that you made there, um, Erica, that the technology has to be an enabler and not a block to uh, really performing at your best. Correct, correct. Because once uh, the agents put up that mental block that you're here to enforce, um, they'll shut down on you. They'll shut down on you pretty quickly. So uh, it, it, it's a tool I've been in workforce myself uh, when I was with a few of the organizations. Um, I've worked as an agent uh, interacting with workforce management, and it's, it's simply there to not be, the, as I mentioned, the big brother and let me catch you doing something wrong, but let me show you how to do things right. That's how you mm -hmm. want to approach it. Um, some there's just a few more uh, two more items that may be root causes if you're struggling with uh, with the schedule adherence. Um, the other two are agents and adherence um, do have to pick up the slack for those who are not in adherence, which we talked about a few moments ago. And also, sometimes individual management styles will influence uh, the person's adherence. And the re what I mean by that is, as we go back a little bit with the manager either being too lax and or um, the manager, I would start with your managers. Make sure that the managers and our supervisors are working to set the examples too. They're not being gone too long. They're coming in to work on time, things of that nature. Right. I know actually this story just popped into my head. I was talking to a manager at 3M about their metrics and asked about adherence. And you know, These are the guys who make everything from scotch tape to post-it notes to, to really some of the toughest adhesives in the world. So he goes to me and says, no problem. We just glue them to, our, to their seats. <laughs> well, when they start selling that, I'm sure you got a lot of takers. <laughs> okay. Hey, guys, I have a couple of questions that have come in. Uh, how about we, this? There's one that uh, fits in perfectly uh, from Cindy. Cindy asks, can you provide uh, suggestions for good workforce management software? 
Okay. Uh, let's see. Would you like to answer that at all, uh, Erica? Okay. Well, um, I have used, uh, I think it's TLC. Is, is that correct, Bruce? you remember that? It was back in the 90s. Um, but currently, we actually use a variant product. Um, it's been pretty decent. Um, I think they purchased Blue Pumpkin, if I uh, am saying that correctly, and they also uh, purchased some um, crystallized uh, reporting elements. So um, if you do a general search on the web for workforce management software, um, I, I'm aware that they have a lot of very cost-effective software. Um, they also have some web-based programs, just depending on your budget. You, you typically typically can find something to fit whatever budget you're working with. Just do a search on the Internet, um, and they're all pretty relatively uh, decent. Right. I, I think that's right. And obviously we have a, a policy of being uh, vendor neutral on, on these programs and things, but uh, what you mentioned is right uh, with regard to Varent, which uh, actually it's a situation where Blue Pumpkin, uh, mm -hmm. Started things and was bought by a witness that was then bought by Verant. <laughs> it's yeah. an interesting uh, <laughs> systems. I3. There's some very good vendors out there that have a proven track record. And what we suggest you do is to uh, look them up uh, online, as Erica was saying. Uh, check them out. Talk to them. Uh, have them strut their stuff in front of you, uh, and and then uh, make a decision as to which one has the price point and the um, uh, you know the the, uh, the 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 kinds of functionalities that you really need. Because what we found from our uh, the uh, survey that we just did is that 71% uh, of you indicated that you do follow adherence and therefore probably have a way of doing it, and 28.7% uh, of you don't. And so uh, in those cases, you 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 probably don't have any software and are probably looking for something that will make sense for you. And obviously, the size of the call center will make a difference in terms of whether you're going to spend uh, a lot on this kind of software, but it can make a big difference. We have seen ROIs that are spectacular when it comes to workforce management. So um, I, I can also tell you that we're going to be launching a survey very shortly on workforce optimization, which has a, an international component to it. So please keep an eye out for that survey, which will be coming out pretty soon on uh, workforce optimization, and you'll be able to get back uh, information not only from the United States but also from other places. Okay, Sean, are there any other, uh, any other yeah, questions? Yeah, I, I have two questions that uh, seem to go uh, uh, together. Uh, Mike asks, how often should I revise uh, workforce management scheduling? And then Gloria asks, is there an industry standard or goal for adherence? Okay, those are two great questions. Uh, the first one presented by Mike is how often should you um, work on your schedules, workforce management schedules, things of that nature. Uh, what we typically do is we do forecasts two weeks in advance. It really depends on your business. If you're in a high seasonality um, type of business and as you look at your previous call volumes, you see you peak in the summer or you peak in uh, the winter, wh whatever your call flows are, uh, you want to make sure you're ahead of the game. Um, I, I typically would recommend, I've, I've seen between two weeks um, and upwards of a month in advance. Um, if you have the software to uh, actually produce the schedules based on the forecast, 
uh, you're only as good as your forecast, and usually it's best to be within a 5% margin, either plus or minus. Um, but I definitely would recommend you don't go too far in advance uh, because then you may miss the mark uh, by capturing more recent uh, call volume. The second question, could you repeat that, Sean? I'm sorry. Uh, sure. Uh, is there an industry standard or goal for adherence? I'm not aware if there's an industry standard. I'm not sure if Bruce can chime in on that. However, uh, the goals, once again, I would not go uh, too stringent. I wouldn't go uh, higher than 95% because you do want to have some leeway in there for you know people to go to the restroom or do whatever they need to do. You can actually, if you go online and you can um, type in uh, Schedule Adherence Calculator, you can make that determination about what your business needs are. Um, for instance, in our, in our specific uh, call center, um, our agents typically, if they work a full eight hours, have approximately 20 minutes to play with um, to, in order to meet their goals. And so it, it just it ha you have to align it based on your needs. Is 20 minutes too much because of your high call volume? Is, um, do you have a low call volume to where it can allow you to go maybe 25 minutes, 30 minutes? Um, it's just something I would do is bring in the staff, if you don't have a measure already set, uh, some of the agents, and start to find out what would be a good even point. Because we, realistically, we cannot hold them to 100% schedule adherence, but it's to find an even balance, and that's just going to be determined on your, your business. Okay, great. Thanks for that, uh, Eric. And there are a couple of <clears throat> things that came out of our uh, one-minute survey that we did here. And actually, uh, plurality, 43% of you, indicated that you revise your workforce scheduling as required. So there's no established intervals. Uh, among those of you who have established intervals, uh, monthly comes in with just under 20%, and quarterly comes in with 15%. Uh, there's only about 4% who do it weekly, uh, not even 2% who do it uh, biweekly. So really, there's a, quite a bit of flexibility here in terms of what most of you are reporting uh, for your revision of workforce scheduling. So I think it really is something that needs to be done as uh, required for your kind of business. And uh, in terms of the people who have a target, they uh, have a target of uh, an average of 90.6%, and uh, they actually achieve, the respondents, an average of 87.9%. So we're, we're talking about something that's in the 90% the range here for uh, what people are considering best practices, and we have seen that. In fact, in our centers of excellence, uh, we've seen adherences in levels of over 90%, uh, but not 100%, certainly. It's going to be somewhere usually in the, uh, in the area that Erica was talking about. Okay, thanks. Um, John, any other questions? Uh, yes, we had a question emailed in uh, by uh, Carmel. Um, uh, Carmel's question is, I would like to know the pros and cons to measuring individual agents on adherence or a team supervisor level. Too many times adjustments are required because it's not fair to the agent, but the agents themselves have to do what the supervisor instructs them to do, i.e. planning offline, offline time, uh, i.e. unplanned offline time. Okay, well, um, it's... 
That's a couple-part question. I'll try to answer it pretty quickly. Um, the the manager has, and the supervisor needs to make sure that they keep workforce informed. If you're going to take an agent off the phone, um, it's very vital that you let workforce know ahead of time, opposed to out, you know, behind the time, because workforce is looking for that agent, or your service levels are dependent on that agent being on the phone at that specific time. So I'm a big advocate of doing things ahead of time. Of course, those one-off situations do happen. When you first start measuring schedule adherence, my experience has been with multiple teams is that you, you have a great influx of um, trying to fix the adherence for the agents because they were doing this, they were doing that. Um, it just boils down to the manager making sure that they manage the time and remember those team members are there to be on the phones. And so uh, minimize the amount of time you take them off, but when you do take them off, try to pre-plan and keep workforce involved. One other thing I would like to add is that all of our managers, as well as when I've been with other organizations, they are measured based on their team's schedule adherence. That's part of their monthly scorecard as well as their annual review. And so um, if they are not doing the right thing as far as um, pre-planning or letting workforce know, then it's going to hit hit them um, as well on their scorecards. So you just have to tailor that behavior uh, and don't allow uh, the, the managers or supervisors to keep doing things back in just to meet the goal. The goal is to have people on the phone at the right time so that everyone can be successful. Okay, that's great. Great. There's uh, just a couple other items that I'd like to bring into from the one-minute survey that we did that could be of interest to people. And that is, uh, we had a question earlier about, you know, uh, workforce management systems, what people use. And 66% uh, of you reported that you use commercial workforce systems. Internal spreadsheets using your own algorithms, 26.42%. Uh, and internal spreadsheets based on airline C, 13.84%. So the, and then there's some others as well. But that gives you an idea of uh, how people are doing it. And another is, uh, you know, how do you, do you reward people for uh, adherence? And what we found there is that oftentimes the adherence is part of an overall formula for uh, rewarding agents. So it will be included with other metrics having to do with quality and with the quantity of calls taken. And um, that mixed together will come up with a, uh, some sort of incentive for the agents. And uh, although there are about half of you who do nothing specifically with for adherence, there are those who have gifts, plaques, uh, priority and shift bidding, extra time off to be used with vacation or sick leave, uh, other things like that uh, do in fact, uh, are in fact used by some of you to uh, incentivize good adherence. Uh, Erica, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, you do need a reward. Try to encourage the, the better behavior. Uh, instead of using punitive measures, I would just encourage you to um, try to make it a, a part of the in crowd to meet their metrics. Celebrate success with your agents, both individually and as a team. Um, certificates, I've, my experience, go a long way if you don't have a lot of money. So just keep them motivated by uh, acknowledging and recognizing that they are doing the right thing and celebrate that. Okay, great. Great. Well, John, we're at the bottom of the hour. Is there any other question that we should take at this point, or should we close it off? Uh, the one other question that uh, came from Steve, which I think is an interesting one, is what are some tips for measuring adherence with at-home agents? Mm. 
Okay, that's a, that's a great question. With at-home agents, if you have the, I would treat them the same as if they were sitting in in the office. Um, they're logged into the phones. They, uh, you know, have to go into after call or log out and or put themselves in break if they're going to take a break and or go to the restroom, something of that nature. Um, so I would not treat them any differently. Now, the only piece to at-home agents is that you really cannot tell if it's a wireless headset, if they're walking around the home with the headset on. Um, so that's something that's out of your control. But um, you may, because everything's in a closer quarters, you may want to look at if you want to um, increase their uh, adherence by maybe you know one or two percent higher than the agents in the call center because the agents have to actually physically go further, probably for restroom and things of that nature. That may be a thought, but I would treat them exactly as they do the the agents that are um, actually in the call center. Use either a spreadsheet if you're using a spreadsheet, or use the workforce management tool if you have that. Okay, I think you parsed out those issues very nicely, Erica. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, well, and thank you for being on the show today. Uh, we've run to the end of our period here, but uh, I think it was a, a great show, and uh, hopefully people have some good takeaways that they can utilize in their, uh, in their call centers. So thank you very much, Erica. Back to you, Sean. Erica, I wanted, to thank, I wanted to thank you as well for being a co-host today. Uh, lot, lots of great insights. Um, I want to thank uh, all the participants for your questions and helping make it a great show. Um, don't, forget up, don't forget to sign up for our reality check to see how your adherence compares to peers in your industry. Our winner today of the in-depth reality check is Gary. Uh, Gary, you chatted in your questions. Please email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com so we can get you your free in-depth reality check report valued at $1,500. The topic for our next show is social media and the call center. Where are we headed? That will be, uh, the co-host will be Keith Feiston, and that will be on May 29th. Thank you for joining our show today, and have a great day.